Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Active Optimist podcast. This is Arena, your host, the Active Optimist. With everything I do, I want you to believe that you don't have to be depressed forever. I truly believe that depression is the ultimate cry for help, not for happiness, but for connection back to ourselves and what truly matters. I'm here each week to support you, bring community, and give you daily actions to address the social, psychological, and biological causes of depression so that you can step into the life you know you're meant to lead. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm so glad you're here. Hope you're feeling well. Hope you're feeling good. And just take a moment to check in with yourself. How are you feeling? How's your mind feeling? How's your soul feeling? And what is your body feeling today? And are those aligned or are those not aligned? And just take note of that. Just check into yourself because I think a lot of us sometimes are often on autopilot and we just move through our days, through our weeks, through our months, not knowing what we are actually feeling or cut off with that. So just take a moment and check in to see what is being spoken, what is being said by your mind, by your heart, by your body, and just take a note of it. Don't be scared of it. This is very important to understand because when we speak about depression, we oftentimes think of it as in the head or in the mind, but it truly is interconnected and lives in the body and is very connected to the body and how we see ourselves, how others see ourselves, how we treat our body, and what is actually functioning in our body and what isn't functioning. And then this week's episode, I will be talking about the connection between body and body image, particularly body shame and depression and how they are interrelated and can work together. How having a negative relationship with our body can actually cause us to be depressed and further depressive thinking and be a sticking point for having negative self-talk and negative identity and just overall feeling awful and hating ourselves and being depressed about who we are inherently. So to start off, I just want to say that my journey with my body has been a very, very long one. And I'm so grateful and so happy to say that right now I'm in a wonderful place that is light years away from where I was. And I truly love who I am. I love my body. I love all the parts of it. I love how beautiful it is. I think of myself as gorgeous as beautiful and I own that and I own my body and I take very good care of her and protect her because she's mine and I'm her but it has definitely been a journey and growing up I remember feeling super super awkward in myself I was always super tall I was always like the tallest person of my grade of my friend group of basically anything that I did I was the tallest especially the tallest girl Sometimes there were a couple boys, but I was the tallest. I had really long hair that was curly that I really didn't understand. I just felt super awkward and I just didn't feel like I was beautiful and I didn't feel like my body was something to not even look at and appreciate. It just was there. I didn't really like it and I just felt awkward in it. Like why was I put into this body when there were just so many things wrong with it? And I was pretty active, so I felt comfortable moving my body, and I had always had a good relationship with what it does for me. However, my body 
image and my body consciousness and my body shame more came down to beauty and how I appeared in the world and how others perceived me and also how I carried myself. I was also strongly influenced by the church because I grew up in a very religious household, which was very conservative in our dress and in who we were as women. And I don't want to say that I was oppressed because I definitely wasn't. It was just a different way of life and we had just different rules and we followed them. It was just different. There were different ways we dressed. There were different ways you talked about what a woman is, what a girl is, what a man is, what a boy is. And that's kind of the environment that I grew up in. The idea that I could be inherently seductive was very strong. And I felt that from a very young age that myself, my body was seductive in a, it, not in a negative sense on my part, but that it was dangerous for me to really flaunt who I was. So I guess with this idea placed onto myself and onto my body, and then also with the more conservative dress, I had a very complex image of who I was and who I was supposed to be. Furthermore, there was also the outside world, which was a lot more quote-unquote normal, where skin was good, but it was also slutty, and... There was a lot of focus on the body as a physical thing, like what does it actually look like? There were different ways of dressing that conflicted with the way that I grew up dressing. So these very conflicting ideas and views of what a young girl's body should appear in the world and what you are able to do with it really, really was something that I struggled with and something that really impacted me and just feeling like, I don't know what to do with myself. My body is inherently wrong. And yet I had this desire and this urge to push back against what my conservative religious community was saying because I felt kind of thrilled by more of the outside world, you could say, more of the just popular culture. And then there's that shame that comes with wanting that. But interestingly enough, these two worlds are more or less the same in that they are policing bodies, they're policing you, and they're policing what you wear and what you should look like. Whatever what was happening in the church or in the outside world, there was just a lot of policing of who I was and what I could be and what my body was, like what was it supposed to do? What was it supposed to look like? What was it supposed to be? Who was it available for? How could I own my body and how couldn't I own my body? What was it made for, like actually physically made for? Was it made for just making babies? Was it made for other things? Was it made for just being super athletic? Or was it made for being objectified and being beautiful? So in short, there was just a lot of policing about what I could wear, what I should look like, who I was as a sexual being. And then I just never felt like I could truly fit in any circle, in any area, because I just felt super awkward. I was super tall, and I had a mixed racial identity, so I didn't actually look physically like anyone that I knew. The policing of who I was and who I could not be was further intensified because I am someone who I have found is very expressive through my body movements and through how I dress. 
it really just got right into who I was inherently because our body is a whole part of who we are. You cannot be separated from your body and your body cannot be separated from yourself. And the reality is that whether it be the church, whether it be popular culture, whether it be a conservative Christian community, whether it be any community, policing and body shame does not care about what your body actually looks like or what it can do. It just is a force that tells you that you are wrong to just be. And that is the force that I think really hits to our mental health and who we are and our disconnection from ourself, our disconnection from who we can be, our purpose, our light, and just feeling whole. So specifically body shame, this is related to or can cause depression, I think, because it's tied up in worth. And also it is connected to living in the world as a woman. I have struggled a lot in understanding the difference between depression as a man and as a woman. I just think that the whole idea of being depressed is more catered to women and is seen as a woman's problem because I think that we're often attacked because of our moods or PMS and the whole concept of self-reporting. I know personally, I did not self-report myself as depressed until I got to a really dark place where I was basically suicidal. So I just want to make that clear that I don't think that men are less depressed than women. I think we're equally and we just show it in different ways and maybe sometimes we don't get help as much, but I don't know. It's a, it's a question that I have and if you have any answers, let me know because it's the same feeling, it's the same hurt, and it shouldn't be divided gender just as it isn't divided by any other social category that we have. But anyway, enough of that spiel. Anyone who feels that they have to please other people is at the risk of depression. We know that, and women are often indoctrinated to define their worth in terms of keeping other people happy in our lives. And oftentimes, our bodies are tied into it. Women in our society are seen as caretakers and they are often pushed into or take on the caretaker role. No matter if they're a mom, if they're a sister, if they are an aunt, or if they're a friend, that is what is expected of them and that's how we act in our society. Making people happy is placed onto us and the idea of keeping up your body via maintenance, beauty treatments, whatever, the gym, or else the people, particularly the people that you're in a relationship with romantically or familially will be disappointed in you, will see you as less worthy of their love, of their attention, and of your place in that relationship. But this goes with more or less anything that we tie our worth to. If you have a more predictable or controllable source of gratification, the depression risk goes down. Depression risk goes up when your source of gratification, when your source of worth is outside of yourself or is volatile. And that's just how it is. And unfortunately, a lot of us, including myself, are not born in a situation where our worth is actually tied to ourselves. Instead, it's tied to our performance, how we look, 
how we dress, our social status, our economic status, how talented we are, really anything. And out of self-preservation, you really have to take on finding worth in yourself and taking going on that journey, which I really want to help you with. And just understand that this is a step of self-preservation and it is a step towards an antidepressant life. Because if you can rely on your worth and your self-gratification on yourself, that is hard to take away. Just like how a lot of women put their worth on their relationships, a lot of people, men and women, put their worth in their job title. And that's why often people get really depressed when they lose their job. In addition to, you know, all the all the other stresses that come with job loss, there is a inherent loss of who you are as a person, what your identity is, because in our society, our profession is very tied to who we are. Or if you're a young person, where we go to school is very tied to who we are. Do you go to an elite academy? Do you go to a liberal arts school? Where in America are you going? Is it an all-girls school? Is it, you know, a big sports school? This is all tied up into who we are and is often misplaced as where we are worthy. And it's often too wrapped up into our worth. Yes, it is a part of who we are because we have that experience. And oftentimes, especially with like college, we do have the identity. And it's particular to that specific college and... No one can take that away from you, and that is part of who you are, your identity. However, your worth is not based on that. You are worthy no matter what you do and what you don't do. You are a unique, unrepeated miracle that is placed on this world fully worthy, fully whole. As I said before, there's no such thing as an extra person. If you think about all the events that led you to be born, that led you to be here, Another factor that leads to depression, and women specifically in America, gets to the root of body shame, which runs rampant in our society, which is the idealized female. I could talk about this for days, but I'm going to cut it short. So whether we like it or not, the thin, skinny woman is glamorized in our society. Yes, there is a body positivity, body acceptance movements, but it's a very real fact that we still have an idealized body. Growing up, we still lived in the age of Victoria's Secret. Although that's lessened its grip on society, we still grew up with it, and we know what it is, and it still happens in high fashion. It's still in the magazine models. It's still in Instagram. It's it's still there, even if we do have this acceptance. And furthermore, there's emerging ideal that is equally impossible for most women to achieve, which is the coke shape IG model body, which we all know. But even in that body that is more curvaceous, the idealized body of the young and thin still lives within it. Fashion's ideal and society's ideal is the prepudescent girl who is skinny, who is hairless, who has big eyes, who has skinny long legs and is just young. And what's interesting is that when men enter puberty, their bodies generally become more like the idealized man with, you know, broader shoulders and they generally like gain muscle or get more muscle definition where girls go in the opposite direction. Like we get softer and we get curvier and we and we gain more weight when the ideal is to not have weight. 
And we just become increasingly dissatisfied with our bodies and ourselves at a time when often it's the first time that we think about our bodies as a body because before it was just who we were. This is just placed on us. And dissatisfaction of yourself is inherently linked with depression because we all know depression is super self-critical in that you're bad, you're not worthy, you aren't made for this, you are failing, and all these things. And those are such similar ideas that we women speak to little girls and speak to ourselves about who they are and what their body should look like. We disapprove of a woman's body just as we disapprove of ourselves when we're depressed, when we're, we think we're failing, when we are sad, when we aren't able to function and show up in the world the way that we want ourselves to show up. That language is the same language and whether you're talking about your mental state or your body, that is a downward spiral which will lead to depression. And my relationship and my ownership of my body is very closely linked to my mental health, feeling good, and is a trigger in either going down a depressive style spiral or moving out of one. When I feel bad about my body and go into a downward spiral about my body, I often pick up other things that I'm feeling at and then that just builds on to itself. For example, if I'm feeling bad about my body, I keep picking at it and feeling oh, you're ugly, oh, you're not worthy, oh, this is a shame that you're even showing this in public. And then it just goes spiraling into your work and your school and how you're so ugly, no one wants to be around you. And then it goes into your connections and social anxiety. And then it goes into all these things and it just is a floodgate. It's a rheumative floodgate that can really spiral us into a depressive episode or even just having a greater depressed mood and day and week and just keeping us feeling bad because if we just keep thinking that way and we keep thinking that about our body, about ourselves, about our work, about who we are in the world, our friends, or how we don't have friends and that people must hate us and people must think we're lame and ugly and just not want to be around us and just awkward we're going to be depressed if we keep thinking that. What has helped me are two things. One is taking ownership of my body. And two is finding myself beautiful, both inside and out. But I do want to pay attention to the outside because I do think we tend to shy away from saying that we are beautiful outside because it can seem vain or superficial or shallow. But I do really believe that we can't detach our outside from our inside. If you don't feel beautiful on the outside, there's no reason why you would feel beautiful in the inside. Even if you think that you are super smart and super intelligent and super accomplished, but if you feel like an ugly little doll, then you won't be whole and you won't be able to actually build a depressed or resilient life. So I do want to say that me feeling beautiful on the outside was very, very important for me in building my self-confidence, building an anti-repressant life, and being able to maintain my optimism and being able to stand on my own and be authentic and show up in the world the way that I want to show up. So one, ownership. Ownership takes back your body and it takes back what is yours 
so you can have what is yours. No matter how beautiful the world tells you you are or how not beautiful it tells you, you have to know and accept yourself to own yourself. You have to ask yourself how interested are you in being beautiful? How willing are you able to accept yourself as you are? And is this a hill that you will die on? No matter how you look physically, or how matter what striking features you have or don't, they will do nothing for you and will actually plague you if you don't have the enthusiasm for yourself, if you don't demand that you are owning yourself. And to take that ownership is a daily choice and is a conscious choice. And it is hard in the beginning, but after you do it, it becomes second nature. And every day you just choose that you are going to own yourself and you're going to feel beautiful. What has helped me, which will be our action of the week, is looking in the mirror. Look at the parts of yourself that you hate or dislike. Look at them until you find something that you like about them. For example, if you hate your arms, you think they're flabby, if you think that they don't have enough muscle definition, if you think that they are too dimply or that they have scratches or scars on it, look at them in the mirror until you can find one thing that you can like about them. And then, for example, if it was me, I would say, I really like that you are really strong and have helped me and have moved me through water in my, in my swimming races. And I really appreciate that because it brought me a lot of joy as a little girl. Or a more intense thing would be to write a love letter to yourself or write a love letter to your arms. Write a love letter to your stomach, to your thighs, or whatever you dislike, do that and see what happens. And maybe if you do write a love letter to, for example, your stomach, read that every day or write a new one every day. And this boils down to telling yourself that I am beautiful. It's a practice and it's kind of a practice of fake it till you make it. Transform yourself into an astonishing person, the most confident person that you find yourself in, whether it be gym clothes, whether it be a suit, turn yourself into that person and and try to be that. And tell yourself, I'm cute, I'm beautiful. Notice when you catch yourself in a reflection and don't move until you find yourself cute or say, I'm beautiful. And also another thing is instead of hating yourself for hating or disapproving of yourself, if a body shaming thought comes up, don't disapprove of it. Just let it be, let it have its time, and then follow it with your practice of saying, I am beautiful or giving that body part a compliment. Don't give your negative self-talk any more attention than it needs. Just let it be, let it pass, and follow it up with, I am beautiful, or I like that, or I'm sexy, or whatever, whatever you really want. And understand that it is normal and often expected of us that we have self-deprecating comments towards our body. It's something that is taught through us in media and social media. It's almost made fun of as humor and is normalized. As people, I don't think we are really expected to be in love with ourselves. So I hope that offers some solace towards you because it's not your fault. And this is just another example of how our society and how our culture 
is not depressant resilient. In fact, I think it pushes us more to depression than not because with bodies, no matter who you are, no matter what your gender is, no matter what you look like, how tall you are, how short you are, what your race is, what your ethnicity is, we are all in a way expected to disapprove of ourselves and to hate our bodies and just have something that we want to quote unquote fix or tuck or nip. So just give yourself some grace and give yourself some understanding that this is what we live in. It's in the water and we just have to make that conscious choice to move against the tide. Like we just have to be different in our commitment to rise above depressive thinking in a depressive life and a depressive society more or less. So that's the end of this week's episode. The action of the week is to write a love letter to yourself. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be, you know, paragraphs. It can be like three sentences. Just write a love letter to yourself. You know, stick it on your phone, stick it on your wall, stick it next to your bathroom mirror. Really think about your body and who you are and what you think about yourself, your body, yourself, and how you treat it. And your body does keep what has happened to it inside of itself and is impressionable. It's a living, breathing history of what you've been through and what is happening and what will come. So yeah, that's all I have to say. If this episode has touched you in any way, shape, or form, if you heard something that resonated with you, please share this with a friend. You can leave us a review on iTunes or post it on your social media about it and I'll respond to you or repost it. So let me know what's good. If you have any questions or comments, there's always the questions and experiences form. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. I'm sending you my love and support and care. Talk to you next week. Ciao.